Hey, it's Jordan Johnson, and you are listening to The Grove Podcast. Have you missed us this summer? Because we have certainly missed you. We hope this little break has given you a chance to catch up on all the episodes from season one you may have missed, as well as help us spread the word about this podcast and send your favorite episodes to your favorite people. As the summer comes to a close, we're so excited as we look ahead to all the goodness that fall will hold. We've got year seven of The Grove on the horizon, and we're so expectant for all that's in store for these gatherings. If you're not following us on Instagram, you need to check us out at PCC underscore The Grove to see all the beauty and get all the details for what's ahead, especially season two of The Grove podcast. We will officially launch season two on September 16th, and wow, you are not going to want to miss that episode. But before we fully dive into season two, we wanted to give you a special pop-up episode we're calling The Grove Friendcast. If you heard episode 19, the last from season one, you'll remember the story of four friends brought together through tragedy and grief and the amazing Jesus story they now share. And if you didn't hear that episode, you need to go back and listen to it because it is truly amazing. But in that episode, we also invited you to send us your stories in short mini podcast episodes so that we could select a few to feature today on the Grove Friendcast. You guys sent us some amazing stuff. We've been so encouraged as we've listened through these episodes. It's really been beautiful to hear the ways that Jesus has brought you together and how he's used the Grove as a tool in so many of your lives. Today, we're going to hear from four of those Friendcast episodes, and we really hope you'll listen to all of them. They cover the gamut of loss, motherhood, life transitions, and the depth of community that we all have access to when we really let people in. In our first featured friend cast, you're going to hear from three beautiful friends who serve here with The Grove and how God knit them together through vulnerability in their dark seasons. It's been a really beautiful picture of community that we know will encourage you. So here's Marie, Janelle, and Tyra with their friend cast they titled Flourishing in the Wilderness. Hey, Grove Girls, my name's Marie, and I'm here with two of my dearest friends, Tyra and Janelle. Say hey, ladies. Hi, y'all. And we have been serving and attending the Grove together for years. I love them. And we are all excited to share with you today about our journey together and some of the things that we have been walking through together. And really how this came about is I found myself in a really overwhelming place um, at the end of last December and the beginning of January. And I was overwhelmed spiritually. I was overwhelmed emotionally. I mean, honestly, girls, I was at the place of I just cried for an hour and I have no idea why I'm crying kind of a place. And so I was questioning so much. I was questioning how I was feeling as a Jesus follower and if it was okay or normal to feel that way. Mm. And I realized because the Lord is so gracious to me that I needed some community and some people. And so I reached out to Janelle, who is one of my spiritual mentors in my life, and I just kind of asked her to come alongside me and shared with her some of the things that I was feeling in that season. And so, Janelle, would you tell us what you were thinking when I came to you with, with that stuff? Yeah, I was first thinking how grateful I was that you came, and I'm so thankful for a friendship that that we have and that you can do that and come and ask me what I think or how I feel and to walk alongside you. What I also thought is that I have this other friend, Tyra, (laughs) who is in a challenging and dark season. And I thought I need to pull her into this and she needs to be a part of this conversation and of this journey that we were about to walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what's, what's really cool is that 
I didn't know how I where I was. I knew how I felt and it didn't feel normal. Like Marie was saying, like, is this okay mm-hmm. for me to feel this way? But when I would look to Janelle or talk to her, I could see in her eyes that she knew or she'd been there. Um, and, and I felt normal um, in the darkness and in the questioning and in the emptiness. God just felt so far away and that just doesn't feel like that's a normal thing for a Jesus follower. Um, and so uh, it, w- it was just awesome to be able to learn from both of these ladies. Uh, we're a little bit uh, spaced out in age, so okay. Janelle's just a wee bit older than me, okay. and I'm just a wee bit older than Marie. And by wee bit, she means 10 years <laughs> Um But it was so cool that we were able to walk out Psalm 145.4, um, which says, One generation shall praise your mm-hmm. works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. So what a gracious gift that this journey was, even though it felt not so great. Yes, and I think what is really so sweet about it and we'll talk a little bit more about this is that it wasn't just Janelle looping Tyra in wasn't just there is now a person in the scenario where Janelle has been there and has passed it and I'm the one that's not passed it but that there was now two people that could sit and say we're both in the same place and we can be here together and so that was really really personally special for me that Tyra and I could kind of sit in that darkness together and then also have someone like Janelle Mm -hmm. who'd, who'd gone before us and been there so As you're hearing us say these things, a lot of you might be feeling like you have been in that place before or are in that place. And it's easy to feel that way and not feel comfortable sharing it or know what to do with it. And so we just want to continue to share with you what we kind of learned as we journeyed with community and as we journeyed with people. And as I shared with Janelle and Tyra over those few months that we were walking together specifically with this, I began to realize from these friends, from Janelle and from Tyra, that it is okay to be in positions of suffering and pain. Mm -hmm. And it is perfectly fine as someone who doesn't want to feel their feelings. (laughs) It is perfectly fine to feel the weight of your feelings and to be uncomfortable. And it is uncomfortable. And I think I just want to say to everyone that's listening that it's uncomfortable to feel that suffering and, and those onslaught of emotions that maybe you don't want to be feeling but that the Lord is using in you and using in your life and as we were walking through some of this together they were teaching me something so valuable to my life and it is that they were teaching me to sit in the pain Mm -hmm. and and not because that's fun necessarily but because as I sit in the pain and as we sit in the pain as believers that the Lord is one wants us to do that and yeah. is asking us to do that and is teaching us something in that. And the sweet thing was is that Janelle had already been there. And so she was super encouraging it encouraging in it because of where she had been and where the Lord had taken her. So Yeah, which is so true. And I had been there for a really long time. Mm-hmm. It had been almost seven years of a place of mm-hmm. Darkness, dark night of the soul, depression, despair. Mm -hmm. I could cry a little bit right now. These girls know. (laughs) Um, But what is so great about it and what I learned about when I was in that season is that it could have been a circumstance that brought me there, but really it was the Lord that brought me there. And Mm -hmm. I shared with these girls, and I will with any and everybody, Mm -hmm. Hosea 2 
verses 14 and 15, and I just want to read it because it's beautiful. And it says, Therefore, behold, I will allure her, Mm. will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her there. I will give her vineyards there and the valley of Accor as a door of hope. She shall sing there. And so there's a few things about that that I wanted to tell these girls. Mm -hmm. And one is that is there is hope. There is hope in the middle of the wilderness and on the other side. That's true. I can think back to those years, and it's sweet. Mm -hmm. Those are sweet times. And they are because of what Hosea says. What God says in Hosea is that He speaks comfort to us there, and that is a place where we sing. Mm -hmm. And so I love to encourage people to to know that there is something on the other side of that yes i think just hearing that uh the first time janelle pointed out that scripture to me alluring to the wilderness just felt wrong why would god allure me to a place that's barren and dry but i got to see that he was there Mm -hmm. and i would not change it uh, rewind a year ago yes I would have wanted to change it but looking into Janelle's eyes and seeing the tears that would come to her eyes when I was talking to her about how I felt and it didn't make sense I knew that I was going to be okay mm-hmm. because she was okay mm-hmm. and so that only came because I was vulnerable because I sat down and she asked me how I was and I said I was fine and then she came back and she asked me again and then I told her I wasn't fine and so then she was able to share the scripture with me. And then, then I was able to talk to Marie. And then Marie was able to talk to Janelle. But that only came because we knew we needed each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew that we needed the Lord, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I want to encourage you guys to do is not to resent or resist the wilderness or the darkness because God is there. Yeah. And he's so gracious and kind to send people our way like I I cannot explain to you guys how thankful I am for these ladies and just for the laughter and the tears we laughed as we cried (laughs) every time we met and every time we continue to meet yeah and we're not on the other side Marie and I are not on the other side but we can see clearer Mm -hmm. we can see the Lord more and we know that as we journey along he's just going to continue to be with us So just know that as you struggle, you can still flourish. Struggling does not disqualify you from flourishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is freedom in that struggle because even there you can produce fruit and mature and grow. And the Lord is so faithful in that. And so we all just want to say that if you're in that place or if you've been in that place or if you're not there yet, a little word of warning, you might be getting there. It might be coming your way. But the Lord's doing something. He's using you. And we want to make sure you know that community is so significant so grab your girls be honest be vulnerable it's okay if there are some tears involved get the word and trust that the lord is going to meet you there because he will he is faithful to see you through and to sit with you in those Mm. those painful seasons so journey well girls we love you and we'll see you at the grove isn't this just beautiful i absolutely love that even though marie didn't want to dig into her feelings in that dark season she risked vulnerability for the sake of her health and reached out to janelle and then was able to see hope grow such a beautiful picture of gospel community next you're going to hear from two of our grove gals from washington dc 
Dorian and Morgan both grew up in Atlanta, but have landed in the district and are part of our Passion City, D.C. family now. Dorian introduced Morgan to The Grove, and they've both been impacted by The Grove and The Grove podcast. They've also been through a lot of recent life change, and they share how they've seen Jesus through it all. So here are Dorian and Morgan for The Grove Friendcast. Yeah, so Morgan, um, if you want to kind of kick us off, so tell us about who you understood God to be kind of as you were growing up, um, were you first introduced to the church? What does your journey look like with Jesus? Yeah. So like a lot of people from the South, I grew up going to church, went to a private Christian school, all of that stuff. And I feel like growing up, a lot of what I heard about God was just his power. Uh, He's the creator. He um, put Jonah in a fish. He (laughs) struck down the Pharisees and just heard a lot about like his vengeance. Mm -hmm. And just his, like how mighty he is and how powerful he is. But I didn't really hear a lot about him being a father. Yeah. So what led to you seeing that side of of God instead of like the ruler? What led to you um, seeing the kinder side? Yeah. So this last year and a half just been in a very difficult season (laughs) of my life, ending a five-year relationship, sleeping on Dorian's couch for a while, going back to grad school, (laughs) switching jobs, losing friends. I just just experienced so much shift in my life and um, just saw God's kindness and his grace in a new way and the way that he has continued to renew my strength and continue to give me courage and joy and and just the way that he was gracious in such a difficult season of my life and Mm -hmm. even giving me that season so I can lean into him more and be who he's called me to be. Yeah. uh, Just really show me how kind and gracious he really is. Yeah. So what um, what do you think has changed the most about you like as you have made that shift in understanding? I think I'm just learning how much of a joy it is to walk with him. Yeah. When he's just a God, and I think it's important to clarify, like he's a God and he's a father. Like mm-hmm. he's not one or the mm-hmm. other. But when he's just a God, he's this far off entity that lives up in the sky that's just like looking down and yeah. trying to control us. Yeah. But when he's your father, he's sitting right beside you. Yeah. He's in the room yeah. with you when you're reading your Bible in the morning, when you're praying, when you're worshiping, mm-hmm. on your commute, you know, you're doing your devotion, he's with you. Yeah. So I think just understanding that he desires to have an intimate relationship with me. And not just tell me what to do or control me, but he wants to commune with me and he wants me to grow Mm -hmm. and he wants me to learn. Yeah. So what is what is different about your actions and the way you spend your time and the person that you are? I think what I love most about God is he helps us be obedient. He helps us do the thing that he's actually asked us to do. Yeah. And so I love that he's the more I desire him. He feels that hunger and thirst and then gives me more desire for mm-hmm. him. So I think yeah, what I've right. learned is it's not an obligation. And before growing up, it was so much of a checklist, which felt so daunting and impossible that I was just like, yeah. I won't do it then because I know yeah. I'm going to fall short. Mm-hmm. And so I love now that I really have a heart for him. Like I am so desperate for him. And I think this last season just ignited such a sense of desperation in my heart for him. And I just love that I get to do it because I love him. I get to serve at church because I love him. Mm-hmm. I get to talk to you and, and submit this podcast because I love him. And I just think that that comes from such a pure place and it provides more grace for us. Because when I fall short, mm-hmm. it's not like fear that he's going to like strike me down. It's like, yeah. you're going to be gracious and you're, you're, there's going to be consequences. Yeah. You will discipline yeah. us, yeah. but it's still going to be gracious. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my favorite scriptures in Psalm is that God keeps all of his promises. He is gracious in all his ways. Mm-hmm. And I think all that just them. sums up who he is in this difficult season. I've just yeah. seen his mercy in ways that um, makes me want to serve him more. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I can't do anything to earn 
his love or to like even try to pay back the amount of grace yeah. from Jesus even dying. I just, I'm grateful for the opportunity to just put legs to my faith and show him that I love him. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I will yeah. say as your friend for probably like 10 years, yeah. now, um, it's been beautiful to witness the journey and the person thank that you. you are. So yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that story. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I love to hear your Jesus story. Tell the people. Um, so yeah, I like to think about it in three parts. I feel like, you know, growing up in a Christian home, you know, the values were put into me at a young age. I even remember when I was little, my parents used to have me calling into the uh, local like praise 102.5 to read the bible verses in the morning like at (laughs) three four five years old i remember calling in the morning to like read scriptures to them so um jesus has always been a part of my story and i think you know part two is like okay my parents planted the seed and i'm in the ground and then like a little bud sprouts up and uh i think part two is like my young adult into like college life and that was just like me as this bud but i don't think i was really like getting watered i was just out here like existing And God was like in the back, you know, Mm -hmm. back of my mind, like I knew he was there, but I wasn't really like living my life for him. Um, And then I too hit a difficult season, you know, (laughs) the Lord loves to work in those, those hard places. And um, I lost my job and I was like down and out for six months and just really kind of fell on my face before the Lord trying to understand why things had happened and, um, you know, just trying to like get back on the right on the right path, and I feel like it was in that time where I came to know him in a totally different way, um, and I really saw him be a real thing. You know, similar to mm-hmm. what you were saying, he wasn't this like far off God, uh, but he in that time became like my peace, my hope, right. my joy, my like comforter, the one who <laughs> was that. hugging me every night, wiping <laughs> my tears away. Like he was, he was truly present. Right. And so how has that new understanding influenced your life now? Yeah. Um, I think now it's like I see that that hard moment, although that was the moment that brought me to him, I can't let a hard moment be the thing that like keeps me in contact with him. Um, I, I think that beforehand it was just like, you know, you live your life and then something happens and you're like, Jesus, please help right. me, help me. <laughs> and uh, now it's like, nah, I need you every day, actually. Right. Like, I need to be in communication with you just like I am with you. And we text and talk every day. And like, you know, all the, you know, most intimate parts of my life because that is like where our relationship sits. And if my most important relationship in my life is the one with him, then it should be 10 times that of like what it looks like with a best friend, you know? So I think that that season really just like catapulted me into um, shifting from like living my life with God to like living my life for God. Right. And I love how you really touched on the intimacy of the relationship. Yeah. yeah. And it's really beautiful how the more we spend time with him, the more Mm -hmm. he spends time with us. And the more that we, kind of what I was saying too, like you, you develop such a hunger for him. Mm -hmm. And I love that he desires to have intimate relationships and he wants us to be vulnerable and he wants to be part of every day, not just Sunday, not just like one worship time, not just one devotion, but he wants to be an integral part. And when you let him and you invite him in, I love that he's like, I'm ready. Like I've been knocking on the door. Let's do it. I love that he's so excited and he doesn't even hold against us the 20 something years that we weren't willing to let him be a part of it. He's just knocking. And as soon as we open the door, he's, He's what he's yeah. ready and willing. It doesn't hold us. Yeah, hold it yeah. against us. I love that. Yeah, 
And even, you know, thinking off of that same analogy, like the fact that he is so patient that he stands at the door. Like think about how we are with people who get on our nerves and it's (laughs) like, okay, you don't want to listen to me. You don't want to take my advice. You don't want to, you know, accept this thing that I'm trying to give you. Like we would have walked away long ago. Right. Um, So to know that like he would even be so kind to sit at the door and just wait as long as it takes you, he will sit there and wait. And when you are ready, he will like you, like you've already said, you know, so graciously walk right in. So yeah, walking with him is something else. It really is. Every day is something else. It's (laughs) something new every day. Every day. Yeah. So what does your walk with him look like now? Um, I think now, you know, I try to spend every moment connecting things back to him. Um, I think that beforehand there was like parts that I let God into and then there were the parts that like Dorian's got. And so now, you know, there is nothing that I have. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't got it. I don't got it. I need him uh, infused into every part of my life. And so, um, you know, I know that things are different now because he's a part of everything. You know, I've started a Bible study here in DC and you and I are working on like our own podcast, um, you know, to continue to spread his good news and to help other people be set free. So it's like, he is a part of everything. When you know his goodness, you can't, yeah. you can't help, but, but always want to share him like with anything else that is good in your life. Well, how do you know that it's good? It's because you share it with other people. Right. Well, I think that's our 10 minutes. So, uh, Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, Dorian. It's wonderful. Thank you for allowing us to share Passion City. What great encouragement and challenge from Dorian and Morgan. Their passion and resolve is so beautiful. And it's just so kind of God to allow them to continue walking with each other, even in a new city. I love it. So this next episode is from several of our amazing women from the Grove team here at Passion City. They sit down together to discuss what life looks like in various stages of motherhood the identity challenges that journey can bring, and how they've learned to stay rooted in Jesus. If you're a mother of any age or hope to be one day, I think you'll find a lot of encouragement in their words. So here's Daniele, Carmen, Susan, and Deborah. Hi, everybody. My name is Daniele. Um, I am here with three friends. I am a part of the Grove and the Flourish team, and we're going to talk about identity in the journey of motherhood. We are all moms and um, I'll let everybody introduce themselves and we're going to jump in and and talk about that. Hey everybody, my name is Carmen Coe. I also um, love serving on the Grove lead team and um, have been a part of this house for about six years now. Um, Went to my first Passion Conference in 99, I believe it was. So I've been around the Passion family for a long time. Um, and I'm a mom of four, two adopted, two biological, and my journey to motherhood has marked me in a way that God, um, only God, could have uh, used to serve in forming my identity and who I am in Him. So I'm excited to jump in today. That's awesome. Hey, everybody. My name is Deborah Kiriton. I'm a door holder at Passion City um, and at The Grove. I've been a door holder um, and part of the family for about seven years. Um, all of my kids are adopted. I mean, it's been, uh, you know, quite a journey, but always to remember who I am in Christ and um, who they are in Christ has been just a a powerful walk. Hey, everyone. I'm Susan Marks. I'm also part of the Grove leadership team and have been a part of Passion for five and a half years now. Uh, My husband and I and our family moved to Atlanta 
five and a half years ago to be a part of Passion, and it's been an incredible journey. And my journey through motherhood has been one of surrender and mm. learning to trust and just watching God move on my kids' behalf in ways mm. that I never could as a mom. So yeah. I've grown a lot and watched God do some amazing things. So excited to talk with everyone about that today. Yeah. It's awesome. Like I said, I am as well with Carmen, part of the Grove um, lead team and work um, with Flourish as well. We just um, decided to um, talk about the identity in the journey of motherhood because it's such a topic that I don't think we as moms talk as much about. We all have our own struggles, but I think um, it's so easy for us to lose who we are when we become moms. And um, in the same way, God has done so much in the lives of all of us. And at the end of the day, he does incredible things when you look at um, what you're going through. So all of us have something to share about mm -hmm. these journeys. Yeah. I particularly um, think, um, I didn't say, but I have two kids. Um, I am the oldest mom in the room, not really, <laughs> but I'm an old mom and I have the youngest kids in the room. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, Susan has four kids. Deborah has Four. four kids as well and seven grandchildren and seven <laughs> grandchildren wow. that's awesome i love that we're all in different seasons of motherhood yeah. and we've all learned different things but um like i was saying i um in my personal journey i guess we can share now something yeah. about our journeys but sure. i personally um i think i lost a little bit of my identity when i became a mom I waited a lot. I got married later and waited a little bit to have kids. And when I became a mom, I just lost myself a little bit. Um, today, I look back and I see God's plan in that and how much I grew. But it wasn't an easy journey because um, I just felt like I had to be X type of mom to please God and to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I think I lost myself a little bit in that. Mm -hmm. But um, the verse in these six years of being a mom that God has given me, more specifically about three and a half year, uh, years ago, was Isaiah 54. And the main piece is that um, it says, um, enlarge the place of your tent mm -hmm. because... Um, I'm doing something new. Do not hold back and don't be afraid. Oh, and um, the thing that I had to let go was my idea of my life. And God had a complete different plan mm -hmm. for me than myself. So that's kind of the start of yeah. my journey. I love it. I love that scripture so much. Um, I feel like as women, too, that you... Um, so much of our cultural um, culture just points us towards you're supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to do this next. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have kids, you know. And so many times, and even in the church, we're guilty of valuing women as where they are on this cultural mm -hmm. expectation mm -hmm. and empowering women when they arrive at such cultural expectations. And so um, God's really, through the grove, opened my eyes um, to this sisterhood um, that is not in competition with each other, but is complete 
um, support and cheerleading for each other, mm-hmm. even through flourish and things like helping you see the faults that you don't see, the hidden faults right. that you mm-hmm. can't identify in yourself. And so God has really just helped me squash this um, comparison that mm-hmm. I think the enemy likes moms to do. Right. Or even if you're not a mom yet, um, what the enemy loves to whisper these lies that you weren't good enough. Yeah. Or if your kid is sick and not getting better, your prayers must not be good enough. Mm-hmm. Or if they're not successful as adults, I wasn't a good enough mom. You right. know, the enemy right. is constantly like shooting this message of, um, am I good enough? Or did I do a good enough job? And so my, my journey through infertility you know having a biological son knowing god had built me made me for adoption pursuing those kids and then you know just going through life with you don't you can't give your kids back right right everybody's gonna have their issues and so Mm -hmm. whatever god has called you to do as a mom as a single woman as a career woman he's gonna equip you to do it and then if it didn't require faith if it didn't require trust and letting go um, you know, you're leaving, you're not leaving that Holy Spirit gap. Sure. And so I found it very um, encouraging that even to Jesus, he gets baptized and everybody hears this audible, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And we have right. a whole book of scriptures that tell us about the promises of us, that we are loved, holy and dearly loved, set apart, treasured. But then the very next verse, we don't even switch chapters. Like the very next verse, God leads him into this 40-day wilderness. Mm -hmm. And the devil says, if, if you're God, if you can, then you can do these things. And it's just that word, if, that if your God is good, why are you infertile? If your God is good. And I carried this burden of proving my God was good. So if things weren't going right, I was going to keep my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. And I was going to bear that burden myself. But the Grove and Passion City Church and things have just helped me open my mouth and share my journey. Right. And just sow, even if it's tears, just sowing those tears so that the harvest will come. And I'm not the only one who's that's going to so benefit good. For it, yeah, from that's it. so good. And so. that's exactly, if you think about um, the journey from infertility to now my children are in their 30s and um, my adopted children. And they have, you know, their own biological Mm-hmm. offspring we have seven grandchildren but um just again that you know satan just you struggle with those questions and that if and that this and that that and i have to follow through these steps and what you don't realize and i think sometimes we really have to encourage moms is that you really are impacting your children in a way that you don't want to and now kind of on the other end of that i realize mm-hmm. that when i put that pressure on myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i also put that pressure yeah. on my family and Absolutely. on my children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we can just release that and remember mm-hmm. who we are in Christ and yeah, flourish right. in that. Absolutely. Um, that releases our children as well. Because Absolutely. children who are adopted come with a little bit of baggage, you know. And yes. So if we can all just release the baggage, we don't have to carry it for so long. Absolutely. That's really the encouragement I would give to an adoptive family. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think um, I can so relate to that. And I just remember becoming a mom, that was what I did. I didn't Mm -hmm. work. We decided early on that I would stay home with my kids. And I'm so grateful for those years. But when you're sitting at home with your kids and that's what you're doing all day long, it's hard to Mm -hmm. avoid not finding your identity and who they are and who they're becoming and how are they behaving. But the pressure that it puts on you 
as a mom to then be out in, you know, at the park or at a birthday party or something. And then you see your kids misbehaving or whatever. All of a sudden you're putting that on yourself. And, you know, when it got (laughs) to the point where, where it was finally like, you know, my kids are in process. I'm in process. We're all learning and growing and they're not a direct reflection of who I am as a mom. They're little people learning to grow up. And as soon as I could start making that distinction and, and not wrapping my identity up in that and more in the person of Jesus Christ and just allowing them to be who they are and lean into those moments to teach and help them Um, it got better but there's so much extra pressure we put on ourselves when our and on our kids when our identity is wrapped up in them and I think that's what happened to me like I love that we have this four posts pillars that we believe you know um, one of them is freedom and I remember one grove specifically where I was it was during worship and I just felt like that God was releasing me to be myself. And um, from that day on, literally, I I don't think I went back to where I was. Yeah. Um, and I think each grove did something for me specifically, but that one I'll never forget. I know it was in 2015. Mm-hmm. I think it was the March grove. And yeah. um You know, one of the things I learned is that there's not a one way of motherhood. Mm -hmm. And um, God is sovereign. He's the one in charge of our kids. And at the same time, we as women, we need to exist Mm -hmm. to be able to... I'm not talking about an indulgent way, Mm -hmm. but if if you're giving to your kids from an empty cistern right it's not gonna work right so um there's so much freedom in it and that's how i feel like the lord has been showing himself to me and even now in this season of knowing that my little one in two years will be in school full time even like thinking through what does god want to do with my life it's just a beautiful picture of letting him grow you yeah. and mature you and if you surrender seeing the treasures that he's going to bring to your life yeah it's awesome i think one of the most impactful grows for me was Catherine wolf and uh-huh. um mm-hmm. she has such a powerful story and um hope while you cope is kind of her <laughs> hashtag right. and you know just the authentic living mm-hmm. of it is not perfect it is not no. clean and she's Mm-mm. so great about calling people out that we're all in wheelchairs <laughs> yeah. we all have yes, our weaknesses yeah. and things mm-hmm. and being authentic with each other um, and she spoke and even Louie had a series on it one time in Habakkuk and um, verse chapter 3 verse 7 though the fig tree should not blossom nor the fruit be on the vines or the produce olive fail and the yields fields yield no food um yet i will rejoice in the lord i will take joy in the god of my salvation god the lord is my strength um and i just love that that it's just gave me such freedom to know that i can try to orchestrate all i want to Mm -hmm. but god is sovereign he's sovereign over my kids he's sovereign over me and my husband my marriage but none of it's mine right it's i'm a steward of it but i don't possess any of it and so i've just been given today to try to mold my kids and yes i lost my temper even today and Mm -hmm. Even if, you know, my son messes up and the police get involved, you know, like your mind immediately goes to worst case scenario. That's going to be the next podcast, guys. Stay tuned. So, So, but God, right? Because even if you're 
son goes to jail, or even if your child is in the psychiatric hospital, you know, but God. And Mm -hmm. for me, um, living through some of those things, one of the most powerful groves was when Louis spoke over us and just reminded us, you know, those seven words are you, you, I am who you say I am. Yes. We're chosen and we've been brought from death to life and just reminding us as, as moms that, you know, we have an identity in Christ and it's from that. He says we are. Right. No matter what happens to our kids. And it's a constant work. Um, We need to remind ourselves of that. It does, doesn't happen if you live your days without, connecting to God and reminding yourself that that's the banner of truth you need to yes. live under, you're not going to naturally do that because yeah. one of the biggest and hardest things is that motherhood is like you are constantly working physically. Mm-hmm. There's always something ahead in front of you to do mm-hmm. and it's so hard for, for you to mentally be aware yeah. of the truth because yeah. you're constantly just attending to something in front of you. But what a great challenge for us as moms daily to be just starting our days with that mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. Yeah. That early in we, the morning. Yeah. Early in the morning and, and not to be responding only yeah. to life, but to be guiding life through that truth you just talked about. Yeah. 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 Yeah, when Priscilla Shire was here in October and gave that message on five and two, and mm-hmm. being willing to show up with your five and two, and know that there's there's got to be some God margin. There's got to yes. be that gap where yes. God, you give space for God to actually step in and do the miracle with your five mm-hmm. and two. And your five and two might not look like much as a mom, or no matter what you're doing, if it's your career, whatever it is. To show up with your five and two and trust God to take that and make something beautiful out of it. I wish I'd have heard that message when I was a young mom because there's, I think there's so much pressure we put on ourselves to get it right and to always do the best. And it's just impossible. We nail it sometimes, but a lot of times it just doesn't go the way that we would hope. And I think that that lesson for me with, with my kids, even that God, that idea of God margin just happens so naturally mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're raising kids and learning to um, watch God, learning to give Him that space to step in and move in their lives is really, really powerful. And know that He's got their back when we can't see everything Absolutely. and know everything. Yeah. But I just right. love that idea of five and two, even now in yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, awesome. we're way over time, <laughs> but um, we hope that this message encouraged you as moms and women in our house or not in our house, but. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. I just love their candidness. And as a mom of little kids myself, their words really make me feel understood and seen and truly hopeful. So thank you so much, mamas. We want to close out this episode with a prayer that came from the end of one of your amazing FriendCast submissions that really captures our heart for all of you listening. This is our friend Angelica with our prayer for you today. Your Heavenly Father, we just... uh... Man, we thank you for uh, for girl time, God. We uh, we take it for granted sometimes, God. Just thank you that even at at midnight after a long work day, Lord God, that uh, that we're able to gather together and and talk about your faithfulness, God. I I just pray that we continue to walk as products of your faithfulness, Lord. That we continue to to glorify you, God, and and even through the struggles that we're able to find our joy, even in the darkest nights, that we can find uh, the light on the other side because you are that light, God. Um, you are Emmanuel, God with us. 
um, with every girl listening, Lord God, I just pray that you remind her that she has light living within her, Lord, whether she knows you or not, God, that you are a light inside of her heart, that you are just waiting for her to just continue to burn for you for the rest of her life, Lord God. Let every woman listening to this podcast learn that her light is already present and that she can burn for you and burn for your glory and burn for a a bigger purpose on this Mm -hmm. this planet than the world wants to tell us that we have. God, I just pray that you will ignite um, worth and confidence and and vibrance in girls' souls that are listening tonight, whether they're young or old or middle-aged. God, that you will just... uh, walk with each woman, um, remind her of her worth, remind her of of your goodness over her life, that that the story's never over um, with you, with the pen in your hand, God, that that you're always writing a new page for us, God. And the past pages can be closed, Lord, and and let those past pages serve as reminders of of what we've seen, God, and let the future pages um, continue to reveal what we've seen and what we've heard and the miracle that, that you do in our lives and the love that you share. God, we praise you so much. Um, In Jesus' name, amen. We pray you found hope in these stories of your sisters today. We're so grateful to all of you who submitted your Friendcast episodes to us and really have been so blessed to hear your Jesus stories. We've got so much more in store, so please stay tuned for the launch of Season 2 of The Grove Podcast on September 16th. And if you're a lady in the Atlanta area, we'd love to invite you to our Grove Year 7 kickoff on September 9th here at Passion City Church. Check out Instagram or passioncitychurch.com slash the Grove for all the details. We hope to see you there or we'll catch you next time on Season 2 of the Grove Podcast.